ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Cells podcast, the podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, Eliza is heavily pregnant, about to give birth any any second now. So uh, we will likely be taking a break, a small hiatus from the podcast when that happens. We're just not sure when that will be because we're piling a few up. So we're uh, recording quite a few in July and there may be a break sometime in maybe September, October, some some sometime like that. So if there are some weeks where the podcast isn't released, that is what is occurring. Um, otherwise, how, how are you going? Is he still kicking? <laughs> yeah, um, we just filmed this one straight after the last one and um, I was like suffocating during it because he's on my ribs and it's such a weird feeling, like actually feeling something hit the inside of your rib cage. I can't explain <laughs> the feeling of it. Um, last night I was trying to sleep actually, and he was like resting on, I don't know what organ, but <laughs> something. And I was in so much pain. I had to do all these like weird, weird things to try and get him to shift. But it's a weird thing when you feel like a little alien inside your body squirming <laughs> wow. around yeah it's yeah, so that's... surreal like even now, i'm still not used to it this far in it's still really odd <laughs> he's but eager nice. he's uh he wants to get out <laughs> yeah woo. Good he's luck. got some good kicks there get him into, yeah get him into yeah. jujitsu or something like that I, I would love to do that. Uh, that'll be good. Um, but yeah, otherwise everything everything's good. I was just having a little think in the, like in the last couple of minutes about how I was at the end of that last podcast about arranged marriages and as saying like all well, this this isn't we're not trying to promote it because remember when we did that podcast on open relationships and everyone in the comments was so mad that we had spoken about open marriage, open relationships in just an objective <laughs> conversation and spoke about the positives of it. And I remember people were so defensive about it. It's really interesting how people react when it's something that goes against their own personal beliefs and morals. But, you know, we should all be encouraged to speak about things openly and objectively. Yeah, I... I uh... It's sometimes difficult to sift through wh when the criticism is warranted and and uh, reasonable, which a lot of it was on that particular mm. podcast. I remember mm. that one, and and some of it you can also make the uh, make a likely judgment that it was people, uh, you know, projecting their mm. insecurities mm. or what they are emotionally attached to, and it. When it comes to relationships, dating, marriages, this is something that really gets to the core of our being and it's very difficult to be purely objective and rational in this situation and there's so many other factors that come into play such as the the society that you're living in and the, the culture. So uh, certain mm. types mm. of marriages and relationships would be more optimal for different cultures, different living environments. So there's there's just a lot to unpack and analyse there and... Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've I've shifted a lot in my opinion on open yeah. uh, relationships yeah. and and marriages, and that's a, a lot of it. That's a lot of that is to do with my personal experience. But uh, I, if there's anything that I think is a warranted criticism for a lot of younger people liking the ideals of open marriages and and relationships, this this isn't something new. Like it's progressive in this day and age, but throughout history, you can find 
plenty of instances where, you know, seemingly primitive cultures had very uh, what we would deem progressive ideas towards sex and marriage and relationships. So uh, this isn't this. This is just an ever-changing landscape, and we're not re- we're not getting to any point where we think we're going to ever be finished. There'll always be problems associated with any kind of cultural ideas about relationships and marriages, and uh, if those problems become too great in contrast to the uh, positives, then it's time for the culture to shift, and it, and it will do that naturally and organically mm-hmm. without anyone necessarily doing that without an om- omniscient authority trying to implement those changes so I-, I just think you know a big part of why i like this podcast is to try and attempt to re- understand different perspectives and look at the positives and negatives of any um given relationship structure so mm. that's a very fair point um today we're not necessarily we're not We'll probably touch on relationships, but we're just going to talk about jealousy in general. And um, that could include career jealousy, looks jealousy, any any sort of jealousy. Uh, it's, a, it's a deeply human emotion. It's not even human. I mean, there's a lot of chimps have jealousy and yeah. they yeah. act in very uh, aggressive ways when, you know, there's, there's stories of uh, chimps that are... Uh, being taken care of by a human and the human gave one chimp a cake and then the chimp went and just killed the human. So, you know, we all <laughs> oh, have jealousy. Lovely. Animals have jealousy. Everyone's got jealousy. So yeah. <laughs> um, I guess we have the ability to to consciously analyse it and, and think about it. So, yeah, as well be uh, uh, an interesting one. Uh, before we get into it, let's uh, give a shout out to our sponsors. We are sponsored by a wonderful clothing company called earthy if you're watching on youtube you can see that little cute little logo there i'm earthy.com.au i-m-e-a-r-t-h-i.com.au it's a clothing company based in the uh, south coast of new south wales and they may just be the most most ethical clothing company in the world all their garments are 100 percent organic cotton there's no toxic pesticides chemicals nothing like that everyone throughout the production line uh they make sure paid a living wage and no one is taken advantage of and if you use the code sex cells you will not only get 15 percent off your order they will donate five dollars to um some incredible foundations so not only are you buying some uh beautiful comfortable clothing you're also you're saving the planet so why wouldn't you go to imearthy.com.au and use the code sex cells we are also sponsored by Crush Organics. Crush Organics got a massive range of CBD oil and CBD oil products. I use the platinum oil every single day. Every single night helps me sleep, helps me relax, helps me feel at ease with the tumultuous, volatile world <laughs> that we live in. So get yourself some CBD oil from Crush Organics. That's Crush with a K. Use the code NEAL. N-E-E-L, and you get 40% off. And if you haven't uh, tried CBD oil before, read the labels and start off with a very small amount. All right. Jealousy. What do you get jealous of? Oh, you're going to say <laughs> going nothing. straight into the deep end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, do you know what's been really interesting? I mean, jealousy and, well, first of all, we should make a distinction actually that, 
Uh, jealousy actually specifically apparently means there's a third party involved. And oh. envy means I want what you have. So there is a little bit of a slight distinction between the two. So we'll probably be interchanging both terms during this podcast. Um, I didn't but, know that. There you go. Yeah, there I you go. A quick, a quick Google and envy means discontented longing for someone else's advantages. Jealousy means unpleasant suspicion or apprehension of rivalship. Okay. Well, there you go. And it's interesting you bring up the thing about um, the chimps because uh, there's a research study that was done about babies and like how early is jealousy in uh, brought into our life? Is this something that we learn? Is it innate? What is it? Is it biological? And they had these mothers come into a room with like their one-year-olds that could talk, uh, couldn't talk like they're that young. Um, some of them could walk, some of them couldn't, like very, very little. And the mothers would play with the kids and then they would go and occupy themselves with something else. So some of the mothers would pick up the phone and talk excitedly. Some of the other mothers would go and play a game on their own and the kids were fine. Cool, do your thing. And then when the mothers picked up this lifelike baby doll and pretended it was a real baby and was cooing over it, all of these little toddlers came and started crying, screaming, and really, really trying to get attention. And then even then, even when the mother was still giving the toddler attention to being like, oh, but it's a baby, isn't it cute? And talking to the toddler, the toddlers would all try to violently hurt the baby. Um, so Whoa, really? That, yeah, that was, that was interesting. I sent it to my Damn. brother as well because he... Um, when I was born, he used to like really fucking hate me as a being, he was only two and a half years older than me. So he was two, three at the time um, when I was um, little and he used to always like bite me and stuff when mum wasn't looking. So, so it's, it's, it is a biological phenomenon. It's really interesting. And then I was thinking and, and researching like, what is the purpose of jealousy as an emotion? Like, what does that serve us? And it's to serve us the reminder of important relationships. Um, so that you continue to maintain those relationships in order to have them stay, uh, remain in your life. So very interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are deeply collectivist and intrinsically mm. communal and any, mm. any perceived unfair advantage will be stridently torn down and our entire biological faculties will be trying to tear that person down. Yeah. So we've yeah. all got that tall poppy syndrome in us and yeah it's about being in control of it being aware of it and not reacting to it in a way that is going to cause more harm than good so mm-hmm. i uh get a lot of jealousy or uh, it probably is envy actually here we go longing for someone else's advantages yeah um when i uh see uh people on social media who i don't personally believe should be getting as much attention as they should, particularly if they're in the comedy industry. Um, <laughs> that definitely yeah. causes a, a little inkling of fury. Uh, but yeah. uh, I, I always try to tell myself, look, just being jealous and, and um, cynical about other people being more successful than you doesn't change anything at all. So 
Uh, mm. It's important to just tell yourself that if you if you feel that feeling bubble up. But man, you got to you like you see some of the people who have 200, 300, 400 thousand likes on TikTok, and you just yeah, uh, it's hard yeah. not to get mad at that. Yeah, I think it's um, an important distinction as well to make is a lot of people, and I used to say this as well, where um, a lot of people will say, I'm not jealous, but they have emotions that underlie the jealousy, like rage, frustration, suspicion, disgust, fear, humiliation. All of those emotions about a person or a situation can be jealousy or envy. And I used to say, like, you know, I never, I probably even said this at the start of our podcast. I don't get jealous. Like if I saw my man talking to another girl, I just get disgusted. Like I just get turned off. That is a symptom of jealousy. That is an emotion of jealousy. So it's important to actually recognize what jealousy is and how it's caused and what people are more prone to jealousy. And, you know, we've talked about this all the time, but jealousy and envy is so strongly linked to self-esteem and what's been really interesting for me being pregnant is I actually have found that I've experienced more jealousy and envy in probably in like the last 10 years in just the last few months since being pregnant because my self-esteem about you know my identity like you know I'm I'm no longer going to be this career-oriented woman I'm I'm a mother now going on mat leave stopping work um the changes to my body, pregnancy is not a pretty journey, <laughs> certainly hasn't been for me, um, has definitely shaken my self-esteem. And then I find like that I get suspicious or um, worried about things that are so irrational. And it's re- it's been really interesting for me just to reflect and be like, holy shit, like I'm actually feeling jealousy and how that has been a direct correlation to my decrease um probably temporary decrease in self-esteem. So I think it's really interesting to know that about ourselves and, you know, everyone experiences it to some extent. There's always going to be certain things that trigger people. And um, especially when it's someone that is in your field or it's something that you're an expert in, like you for comedy, um, me, I always I don't like get like frustrated, but I'm always very interested in seeing how people track that have also studied like sexology and see what they're doing. And sometimes when they're going out and they're doing like sex therapy and things, I'm like, oh shit, like why am I working with children? I should be doing that. Like, (laughs) uh, so I definitely experience it too. In fact, well, everyone does. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, some people can get it mildly and some people can have it really really severe in all aspects of their life and it can be really really um detrimental obviously and some of that is linked to like we said low self-esteem fear of abandonment um possessiveness and being neurotic as well so yeah yeah yeah, the stereotype is is definitely you know the, the the jealous boyfriend or the jealous girlfriend is someone who is not very secure with themselves and Mm. uh may be less whatever it is attractive charming whatever it may be and you 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 can analyze that that link there between their lowered self-esteem and their uh insistence on controlling behavior and and jealousy so yeah it's 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 very interesting it's uh yeah it's it's interesting that you've had that experience 
very recently because I could, mm. it, this is obviously a very significant change in well for you physically but also for the rest of your you know your life trajectory yeah, yeah. um so I'd guess a lot of that is cultural pressures as well because mm. you know I'm, I mean I'm reading a book now by Camille Paglia that talks about how many um cultures in prehistory just worshipped motherhood and pregnancy because one they didn't necessarily have the scientific understanding about how it occurred and so it was this magical act the woman was able to (laughs) bring a human life into the world and so the mysticism uh, and deification associated with that Mm. would i would guess make for a very different uh, very different consequences for the mother's self-esteem versus Mm. the world we currently live in so yeah Yeah. it's interesting i saw a um a a tiktok a viral tiktok ages ago at the start of my pregnancy um and it was it was an asian woman i think i'm pretty sure she was chinese and she was saying it's so weird being on tiktok and seeing like western cultures working the whole pregnancy doing like this this and this she said in my culture i sit on the couch from four weeks pregnant everyone brings me gifts they bring me food they give me foot massages like it's really really respected um and in um we talked about it before i think it was in japan as well they give you um you get special seats on buses special seats on trains they give you a badge to literally wear on your clothes when you're pregnant so people treat you with more respect and kindness and i just think god that's so interesting the other day my mum shamed me because i was <laughs> going on maternity leave just before i'm nine months pregnant and she was like i was working right up until the day i gave birth and blah 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 <laughs> that's like cool good for you um i will not be doing that <laughs> Was, say, the the West uh, in the early 20th century or the 50s or something like that, what what was it like then? Was there more, uh, you know, chivalry associated with... I, I would guess there would have been, but there would also have been be a working, lot of tough things. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't be working. Um, That's true, yeah. Women weren't working anyway. So it was very much like a celebrated... Basic, it, it wasn't so much celebrated by other people, but much more celebrated by themselves because they're feeling like they're at the peak of their traditional feminine womanhood um i'm raising children this is what i was made to do and that's why it's actually really interesting that um it's a apparently it's a biological phenomena that all pregnant women go through something called a nesting phase where in the last few weeks of pregnancy or sometimes even from five months onwards you go through this like crazy like you almost become housewife. You're cooking things, you're prepping things, you're cleaning everything and you're cleaning things you've never gone through before and doing all these things. Um, and it's, I see a lot of women talking about being like, I have, I'm really lazy. I don't do housework. I don't do cooking. Now that I'm pregnant, it's all I want to do. Um, so it's kind of like, I mean, this is branching off somewhere else, but it, it does make that connection between, um, traditional wives and 1950s housewives and our biology as women so it is an interesting little link there that's just one aspect though <laughs> yeah no that's very interesting controversial because <laughs> you said you you weren't necessarily the the no you weren't too obsessed with cleanliness or, or no, organizing the house and, and so now <laughs> that's changed has it 
Yeah, it did for me. Um, a few a few weeks ago, I went through like a two week phase, and I was like going mad, like doing all these things, cleaning everything, organizing things. But I did it probably in a less um, economically mature sense, where I just went and spent like four thousand dollars on just like four, shit, on what on shit I don't need, like fancy bed sheets and new cupboards and i bought myself an a thousand dollar rocking chair um <laughs> you can be one of those moms with like the, the what is it their fancy bugaboo double decker pram that just shows off at the with i didn't get a bugaboo but it's basically it's like a bugaboo i'll be honest it, it was expensive it was like twelve hundred dollars for the pram um but that was a that was me being modest as well my initial pram was eighteen hundred dollars um and i was like hang on Oh, the expenses. Let's be mature. <laughs> yeah, Damn. it's having a baby is not cheap. Let me tell you, although I haven't done it probably. Like if I wanted to be frugal, I probably could have. <laughs> if you got the money, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how I justify it. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's a huge change. I could only imagine. So yeah, seems yeah. like you're dealing with it in a pretty mature way. You're aware of the newfound uh, envy and jealousy that you're experiencing and yeah yeah i'd assume some people would just not necessarily have that kind of conscious awareness of it and and react to it so it sounds good yeah yeah exactly and it's i think a big part of it as well as having you know someone supportive with me that can help me remain rational when i'm like oh my god because see i haven't slept in like three days sometimes because of the insomnia so it just happens but that is a lot of people's natural baseline is just to be really suspicious and really reactive and and just jealous in their relationships in their friendships um and just envious of others in life and having i actually get a lot of messages about that from people that listen to this podcast it seems to be a very very common issues from both men and women and i tried to um research if there was one uh gender more likely to be jealous and it said that men and women experience it equally. It's more obvious in men because their reactions are more aggressive, like verbal anger, whereas women are more likely to have a passive aggressive response, being like, yeah, go if you want, and then not talk to them for a day. Um, and what was really interesting, which we've talked about, we, you and I know this, but um, it was saying like jealousy, particularly in relationships, that men are much more likely to be jealous over perceived um physical infidelity in their relationships whereas women are much more likely to be jealous over perceived emotional infidelity in their relationship i still find that so shocking yeah i've, <laughs> I've, I've been i'm con i'm continuously amazed by that statistic because yeah. it just goes so against the fiber of my being to think that uh someone would be more uh, would, would see it, perceive it as a greater threat that someone is maybe being emotionally intimate with uh, someone other than their spouse versus you know like the extreme of that would be like oh you had sex with someone that's bad but okay i can get over that wait you message them and told them about your feelings oh my god we can never <laughs> like to me that's just i can't see i feel the that. exact same about your opinion where i'm like oh my god how would that not shatter you to think that your partner developed feelings for something someone else and wanted to you know they've probably been thinking about them for months and months rather than going out to a brothel and fucking girl once or something you know like 
to me, the risk to relationship is so much higher if it was emotional. Like if I found out, I would much rather find out that Adrian had hooked up with another girl than if he had feelings for someone he worked with like a thousand times over. He better not bloody do either of them. (laughs) Sure you wouldn't. But, you know, like that would be more hurtful for me. I wouldn't get over it. I mean, it would still. If someone was in love with someone else, I would still be very deeply hurtful. But I guess if it was just, I don't know, sharing their feelings with someone else, I don't think. I don't know. I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't. are they sharing their feelings or are they having feelings for someone else? Yeah, then that's different. If, well, if they were having feelings for someone else, it would still be very. That would also. Yeah. That would probably be equally. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've never been in that situation. Touch wood. Hope I never am. But I don't know how I would feel if. Uh, a girlfriend came to me and said, "Hey, I'm having feelings for someone else." That would probably be that just quite confronting as well. Like yeah, that would actually hurt me. I think that would hurt mm-hmm. me more. Uh, and I don't know how angry I would be. I'd just feel insecure and think, "Okay, I'm not. Yeah. I don't live up to this person." Whereas if it was, I don't know, they, they were drunk and hooked up with someone, I'd just be very angry. And yeah, uh, yeah, that. I guess I'd still have a very strong reaction to both, but uh, they would be different in that capacity. Do you think, because I've, I've thought about this at length before, and do you think it's because the the supply, if you, if you want to put it in sort of uh, raw economic language, the supply of male vulnerability and emotions is very limited, and the supply historically of uh, female sexuality and physicality was the sort of, that was the precious thing. You know, women mm. were inherently feelings-based and, and would mm. have no issue, you know, caring for people and being compassionate. Uh, but it was their, their, like, sexual sanctity that was considered precious and, and difficult to attain. Similarly with men, it was, they were guarded emotionally and, and so them being vulnerable and sharing those emotions and particularly having feelings with someone else and communicating that to them was a very precious sacred thing that you would we've been sort of uh, conditioned to think doesn't happen often and if it does it's it's very special so do you think those cultural uh i i would guess you know it's a combination of both it's also just our intrinsic biology but culturally that would also play a big role in in things like that Absolutely. I think it's um, that would play a huge part as well as just the, you know, our um, our own internal idea of what is threatening to a relationship. Like if I I know personally that if I were to cheat, I would never. But if I were to cheat physically, um, I could do that and not have feelings for my partner and then easily just try to like really work to maintain my current relationship and work for that forgiveness but I know that if I were to emotionally fall in love with someone there is a good chance that if I was really deeply head over heels with someone um, for someone else other than Adrian and if I hadn't had probably the background of studying relationship counseling that I have had and I was just a normal everyday person that to me would be a massive, much bigger risk to my relationship than Adrian than going and kissing or having sex with someone else because I would probably leave back then. Like, say, five years ago, I would have left a relationship for feelings for someone else, not for sexual attraction. So um, I saw a, a video about this the other day, and it was kind of like just going on about how 
our own perceptions of relationships. And this girl was asking her boyfriend, like, can girls be friends with guys? And he was like, no. And she goes, why? And he goes, because all your guy friends want to have sex with you or will want to have sex with you. Any guy that wants to be your friend just wants to fuck you. And she goes, so can guys have girlfriends? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, what, how does that make sense? Does that mean that you want to go fuck all your, your girlfriends that you have? And it's just that kind of what we perceive to be a threat is how we project onto other relationships. So I think it's a bit of that. And women are more likely to be attracted to the emotional aspect than they are to be physical, blah, blah, blah. Opposite yeah. men. But yeah, it's... Yeah, well, don't podcast on that one. So I've made my, I've, I've articulated my thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it just, uh, uh, there's definitely a truth to that, but there's no uh, discussion of whether people are in control of their feelings or not. Like, yeah, sexual attraction exactly. is just a fleeting yeah. thing that you experience all the time throughout the, mm. the day. Like, it's not something that should deter mm. a loose friendship. I mean, yeah, there's definitely uh, a boundary there where if they're, more friendly with that 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 so-called friend than the partner there's obviously lines there but um yeah i, I also do a- yeah like it's true that a lot of usually male friends it's just i don't like to say this but in my experience there often is some sort of admission of feelings eventually yeah. down the line <laughs> or they just get a bit too close and it's a lot of men will say, and I agree with this, it's like a sneaky attempt for an insecure man to actually get in with a girl, but they're just not confident enough to say, hey, I'm sexually interested in you. Having said that, that's not always the case. Um, yeah. But anyway, we, we've done that. Look at our um, Can Women Can Men and Women yeah. Be Friends <laughs> podcast was, um, for, for our thoughts on that one. So That's an interesting one, yeah. H- how about material jealousy? So coming back to the pram thing, you know, there'd be... I'd imagine a lot of mothers that are maybe not as uh, financially well off that would have a lot of envy um, towards the mothers that have the fancy prams. And, you know, there'd be men that uh, see another man man with a Bugatti and a Lamborghini that get envious Mm. and, Mm. you know, financial envy is, is so commonplace and arguably it's a driver of the economy, maybe some would say, because it's what? often compels people to want to work harder and to build businesses and to be innovators to attain as much resources as they possibly can. And it's loosely linked to power and status and all of these are interconnected. Uh, That to me, a lot of that is very intrinsically, it's just biological. And I know some people would make the argument that it's the Western capitalist system that breeds that kind of material envy. But you see this arguably more in in uh, socialist countries or poor, particularly poorer countries because the uh, resources are so diluted and finite then and not everyone can have a very comfortable lifestyle in in western countries yeah. i mean this is changing now with it's with inflation and everything going on now it's a, you know it's not always the case but uh working class people particularly in australia have had a, a quite a comfortable life whether generally won't have to worry about the basic necessities shelter and food on the table and that Mm. ameliorates a lot of the uh envy i think but Mm. in other countries and cultures when there are people who literally can't afford basic needs like that 
there's going to be a lot of envy and 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 anger and that leads to a lot of political unrest etc so envy and jealousy is such a driver of human behavior and it's such a significant part of the human condition and i don't think we can ever fully be um rid of it that's what a lot of religions and philosophies try to instill into people uh you know envy is just it's it's a sin and it's something that will not serve you and it's important Mm. to just net net not act on it and unless you've figured out a way to act on it in a seemingly virtuous way so if you say to yourself okay i'm envious of this other comedian that's has 200,000 likes on their video that I think isn't very funny versus me getting 20,000 likes. All right, I'm going to just work harder then. That's always yeah, I try to like yeah. have that mantra. Yeah. Uh, but again, easier said than done, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, if you can if you can reframe it in a way that motivates you, you're ahead of the game. And that's it's a very hard thing to do and be like, well, I'm just going to, you know, when you look at someone who's more fit or wealthier and you use that to motivate you, I think that's a, that's a special skill um to have and i do i do find i actually don't experience or have i don't think i have at least since i was a teenager um experienced material envy it's not something that i have not because i'm super rich and can get anything i want it's just not that's really not been a big appeal to me because i can always rationalize that in my head um but what i have found is especially working with clients that um young girls and a lot of them in their early 20s that are really really envious of everyone like she why does she get this why does she get that lifestyle why does this person get this they don't deserve it there is so much underlying resentment um and also resentment about themselves that they're projecting outwards towards other people and I think that's a really really uh, significant aspect of this and it's you hear it a lot in how people talk especially women that they are envious of where even in my friend groups even though half of my friends went and studied um, applied psychology and counseling behavioral science with me still do this subconsciously where they if they have like you know there's a really attractive girl that they're friends with or something and they're with their boyfriends and they're talking about this girl being like, oh, I can't wait for you to meet my friend Sue. She's so beautiful. She's so funny, like blah, blah. But she's also got chlamydia. Like just like throws something in just to like kind of make yourself feel better. And it is so common. I hear it so much in conversations, especially with my clients and younger girls um, where they will speak about someone being like, oh yeah, she's this, she's that. Um, but she also has like, um, this really disgusting foot infection (laughs) or just like some kind of insult. And it really is a personal projection of jealousy. And it's a way to make our ego feel better to focus on someone's detriment. Um, so I, I do see that sometimes in guys, but they don't verbalize it as much. Maybe it's more of an internalized process. Well, like he's not shit. He doesn't do this, but they don't say it. They just think it. I don't know. Maybe you can talk to that a bit more. Yeah, the stereotype is definitely it's more over, even though it's the, in the subconscious communication. But it's a trope of um, you know womanhood there. But it it does occur in guys for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just 
trying to think how the jealousy it's more like i guess making fun of people but to an excessive degree where it goes beyond banter and you sort of think well, hang it's kind of like bullying what are you doing bro like you're, you're, yeah. you're jealous of this guy but <laughs> so um, true yeah yeah the kind of underhandedness having said that when i talk to people in the media industry it is the most resentful cynical <laughs> industry you'll ever yeah. come across and there's a lot of talk about how did this person get this gig? How did they, they're not even funny. And it's just, it's hard to avoid it because those feelings do come up. But I I try as best I can to just get away from that kind of crap. Um, But it's human and it's more linked to status insecurity there, not just material insecurity because uh, they're not strictly mm. talking about how much money the other people make, but like, oh, why did they get that opportunity? You know, I found, even mm. yesterday where I was with my mate Alex and I found out certain comedians that have a more um, TV-oriented uh, profile were getting paid to put their content onto TikTok and it just made me so mad because, you know, the the insinuation was like, oh, these are the real comedians and we're going to pay yeah. them to put it. And it just, it, I got, I, I was like, dude, stop talking, bro, because I'm going <laughs> to fucking punch the wall right now considering <laughs> how much like the internet comedians work yeah. uh, and don't get yeah. paid. So, yeah, that's an example where I definitely had some, uh, well, that would be envy there. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't. Sometimes I, I catch myself being like, yeah, he did, uh, but he's not, He, you know, he's hack or like he's not that funny when he does this or whatever. And I'm sure even on these podcasts, I've said some things about other um, other podcasters or, uh, you know, people with a profile. But I try, I, I think it's a very ugly trait and I try to be as in control of it as I possibly can. And um what i found is yeah being comfortable with yourself but also just understanding that it is a natural emotion that you can never fully avoid but uh using it as fuel to motivate you further or uh just uh often that you know maybe moving into commentary about something or or a comedic critique rather than just in conversation with with mates tearing someone else down um mm. that's probably a bit of a better don't do that yeah. manifestation of it but yeah i don't mm. think it's not that men don't get jealous at all i don't think that's no of course the case they yeah. do yeah and sometimes i think that it it, it comes out of men and competitiveness um which you know it's it's only natural to do that way and sometimes as well it's it you do need to make a, a little bit of a distinction as well between envy and jealousy versus like perceived injustice because a lot of people will say like oh you know you're just jealous that this person makes more than you and then that person will be like no actually it's frustrating i'm a nurse that works 12 hour or 18 hour shifts experiencing this seeing people die doing abc and making this much money a year where someone gets to sit and work five hours doing someone's social media profile and make three times as much income. So some people might perceive that as jealousy and others might perceive that as actually, I just feel like it's an injustice um, and it's not fair. And it, it's sometimes when you perceive things to not be fair, it's hard not to take it personally and have a really personal reaction to it. Like you might've had a personal reaction to someone making um, money in, in, on TikTok because to you that might be an injustice. It may not necessarily be envy or maybe it is. Um, but it is an interesting kind of correlation between the two. And I wanted to touch on, I just popped back into my head 
um, before because I wanted to clarify when I, we were talking about ages ago emotional infidelity and saying like if someone came to us like a partner to say that they had feelings for someone else or they had a crush on someone else I just wanted to clarify that I don't consider that to be emotional infidelity like I would be really really hurt by it and emotional and you know feeling sad or whatever but I wouldn't consider that emotional infidelity emotional infidelity is it would be I haven't gone and slept with someone but I'm texting someone like I can't stop thinking about you I think you're amazing and this and that it's actually betraying your current relationship because it is natural I just don't want anyone to feel shamed for um having crushes on people fleeting crushes fleeting attractions it's very normal human behavior and it's it's standard to experience that at least a few times within your relationships um so don't go (laughs) interpreting that conversation before as me saying you're being emotionally um you know cheating um it's not what i meant there's a little bit of a distinction between the two just clarification (laughs) yeah agreed yeah the yeah having fleeting attraction to other people even emotional attraction if you're not acting on it then yeah uh, i don't think that's unethical it's someone you can't control yeah yeah again like you said would still be hurtful but good point you made about resentment and and how that can be uh linked to perceived injustice and jealousy these are all so interconnected and the person Mm. experiencing the jealousy will almost always say that i am not being jealous i'm just articulating my frustration at this injustice Mm. and Mm. that i think is where i have come to a point where i don't always necessarily trust my base emotions because there's been times in my life where i've thought yeah this is just a clear injustice like this person or this Mm. group of people have these unfair advantages and that's why i am the way i am but then i've looked back on it and realized okay that even if there was a clear discernible injustice there, it was also a large component of that being jealousy and or envy. And I try to just assume any bout of envy that I experience is probably from some kind of resentment I may be Mm. holding on to about whatever it may be, something I might still deeply be insecure about or something Mm. that I should work on. And you can extrapolate that out politically and say, well, look, a lot of people will argue that uh, many on the cultural, on the economic left are just jealous of business owners who have created a great product and are making millions of dollars. And it's the market that has resulted in that. And, Mm. you know, if you did that, what they did, you'd also be making that money. And it's very hard because it is a combination of both. And there is, I do firmly believe there's a large facet of resentment and uh, I guess a flawed inner world that leads to supposedly the most virtuous articulation of modern progressive values. Having said that, there's a big truth to what they're they're saying as well. And these are like deeply nuanced and Mm. complicated and convoluted. Mm. Um, But I think it's, it's right to point out and to be aware of what could possibly be resentment uh, disguised as you know, fighting for justice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We will always find ways to justify our negative 
behavior or negative emotions. We always want to kind of put ourselves on a, a little bit of a pedestal or do something that strokes our egos. It's so natural and we always do it instinctively. And that's why, um, you know, one of the, the cures of jealousy and, and envy is actually practicing mindfulness and understanding like what is the true emotion that I'm feeling? Like what is beneath that? I can just say that's not fair. That's a, an injustice. But why is that impacting me and understanding that and actually being able to acknowledge um, I'm jealous is real or I'm envious is really important. And it's a really important step forward. So um, it's it's good to practice that and be aware of that. And that's the way that you can kind of reduce that in your life as well as just practicing more if you're someone that gets genuinely envious constantly over things every day and you're finding like you're scrolling through social media you you look everything around you you're like thinking and frustrated about it it's impacting your day-to-day you really need to be doing more internal work and i think a lot of that is reframing and challenging your own negative thoughts and trying to, it's easier said than done, but trying to have a more positive outlook towards other people um, and just being more positive in general helps because I know that when I go through phases of thinking negatively, you do, it, it stems from yourself to thinking neg- negatively about others and then it's everything and then it kind of like almost encompasses your persona. So it's really important just to focus on that. Um, and, and develop that if it's something that impacts you and you experience it constantly. Definitely. Yeah, well said. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, I had something I was going to say. I've forgotten now. Mind blanked on it. It's just... Well, yeah. yeah look, you're right. And <laughs> jealousy is bad. It'll come back, jealousy I'm sure. Jealousy be bad. Yeah, (laughs) but natural as well. And we'll experience it. And also, if you wanted to, if you clicked on this podcast thinking it was going to be about jealousy and relationships, we've already done a podcast on that. It was ages ago, but I'm sure you can find it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so wonder if it's more common today than and and going on to something we're talking about in the last podcast. I'd be very interested to see what the rates of jealousy were in a love marriage versus an arranged marriage. Because yeah, yeah. your feelings and sexual attraction was not the sort of be all and end all of a given um, pair yeah. bond there. And whether those feelings come up in your partner, how you would react to that in each of those given scenarios would be interesting. Um, I would guess there'd be more feelings of jealousy and en- envy in a love marriage. But well, that's just a guess. Yeah, uh, it's hard because also there are different standards in an arranged marriage, at least in the women I know um, that have had arranged marriages, uh, which, by the way, like I said before, in last week, they actually all selected the partner, blah, blah, blah. It was all chosen. And um, their partners, when I go to their houses or when I went to their houses, I wasn't allowed to make that much conversation with their husbands. Well, I was allowed to, but I couldn't go up and hug them, which would be what I would naturally do to my other friends, boyfriends or husbands. I'd go hug them. How are you? Have a chat to them in the kitchen, even if it was just two of us. But in these arranged marriages, that was not appropriate. I would not be allowed to sit in a room with their husband alone to talk 
with him and it was standard that he would come in or they would come in hi Eliza how are you going good thanks and then just leave us let us be let the women talk uh, so it's it's in some ways you're if you you're much more risky you could cross a boundary much more easily but at the other time you have these really like strict agreed upon boundaries so it's interesting yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know what? Maybe I take that back because now that I'm thinking about it more, if that's your be all and end all, and particularly that's you know the only person, and you haven't dated, you haven't sort of explored the other uh, the way you react yeah. to certain situations, maybe there would be more jealousy there. I I, I certainly know there's no shortage of uh, envy in uh, in my extended family um, that are living a more traditional lifestyle, culturally mm. speaking. So. Very interesting, and a lot of it will stem from people's perceived insecurity at their at their social status or their uh, attractiveness or um, lack of material possessions, whatever it may be. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, material envy is very. I, I just that's something I'm never. I I experience it a little bit on occasion, but more collectively in 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 that a lot of i think millennials will feel a bit hard done by towards the boomer generation yes in the way that yeah. they were able to uh achieve certain milestones much mm. and that's object that's objectively the truth the the, the mm. price of a house relative to the average wage was far lower so mm. it is it's not something to argue with there like if any boomers like oh you just got to work hard no 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 like the statistics are objectively accurate that the mm. the wage uh relative to inflation and asset prices has mm -hmm. stayed stagnant if anything so uh but there is also an argument to be made that many millennials and this comes from both gen z and older generations like oh you're just buying your avocado on toast and you're too busy you know thinking about yourself and <laughs> you know get your life together <laughs> like the gen z telling like oh look stephanie it's not a personality trait to like harry potter you're 34 get your life together it's just <laughs> it was so new hearing that two years ago but millennials yeah. are definitely going through an identity crisis because they're no longer the uh the young uh idealistic yeah. generation that can critique the older ones is now a generation doing that and there's a bit of wisdom in in that thinking, well, look, you guys wait 10 years and wait till the next, you know, the younger Gen Z or Gen Alpha starts, they'll be criticizing you and you're yeah. walking into an even harder housing market with arguably even more mental health issues. So, you know, be careful. So you, you reap what you sow. But, uh, yeah, generational envy is uh, is uh, a phenomenon that's quite prevalent, I think, today. Do you know what? Yeah. That's so unique. And I actually have experienced that. Like sometimes I will look at, these 16 year olds on TikTok and be envious like oh my god they knew about this they know about the stock market they're investing they've got multiple streams of income passive as well like just amazed at how savvy some of them could be whereas They'll when say I that. was <laughs> yeah I, well, some, have, I mean yeah. I'm it's only the ones I'm seeing like it wouldn't even be one percent of teens but like as me being a teenager, I didn't see one person that was able to accumulate wealth. Like I didn't, 
it would be not even someone I know who I know who I know. Actually, one person, a friend of a friend of a friend of mine, became like a Tumblr famous girl <laughs> when I was like 14. And she amassed some wealth from um, doing like YouTube videos and things like that. But now it's so, so common. Like, so think of how many teenagers literally have an income from social media. Some of them work and do... Um, like just media in general it's really interesting the skill base is different and they're growing up very different there's going to be pros and cons to that i mean that's a whole other nutshell about what they will be like as adults and how they're gonna you know their trajectory but yeah interesting the grass is always greener i mean the, the yeah. statistic you always come back to is like once you have your basic needs man i think it's seventy thousand a year or whatever it may might be might have changed now then there's no mm. correlation between increased income and or wealth and happiness mm. so you'll oh, keep yeah. telling yourself that if you get envious of your neighbor who has a salary of 300 grand well you just tell yourself look there's absolutely no correlation between increased income and wealth uh beyond a certain point and in australia i i would argue most people are at that point but I, that could be changing uh there's no correlation between happiness and um, income and welfare. In fact, some of the richest people, uh, you know, the stereotype is they're the most depressed and, and constantly whinging about, like, if you're in that environment where you only hang out with other billionaires, you're going to be comparing yourselves yourself to them. So yeah. Uh, yeah. it's just such a simple adage, but the grass is always greener, I think is a good thing to continually yeah. tell yourself. And social media is something to get off if you, if you uh, yeah. experience a lot of feelings of jealousy and envy. And I say mm. that on a podcast that will most likely be broadcast on social media. So, <laughs> well, you can detox. I remember when I used to be like really insecure in my body as a really young teenager or at like 18, and I went and unfollowed every like swimwear model, like gorgeous girl that I wasn't friends with and didn't know. I unfollowed them all and then followed all these like bo- body positivity accounts or just body neutrality accounts instead and my god though it made such a difference when I wasn't being exposed to it constantly I wasn't thinking about it as much um and even now to this day like it's it it has changed the way I think I can follow all those accounts again I don't but if I wish it doesn't impact me like it used to but I definitely recommend having um a detox of that if you find that it's impacting you. One of my boyfriends did the same, an ex-boyfriend of mine, where he was really trying to get fit. And he, to me, he was really fit. And he had, you know, he was quite buff and whatever. And he was so, so cynical of his body because he would be like, but it's not this. Like, it doesn't look like this body. And all you would be seeing all the time is like on his social media was the best of the best fit, fitness and athletes but I'm like, you're probably like the best in the suburb, like, <laughs> you know, uh, but he couldn't see it that <laughs> way. <laughs> in the suburb, I love that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that now that men are experiencing that, uh, you know, has been historically just women, but, uh, yeah. well, at least that that's the stereotype, but... Oh, yeah, I had a lot of uh, that, you know, height insecurity and, you know, yeah, body insecurity, mm. all of that sort of thing, but... Uh, it's also been exacerbated by online dating, I think, and and, and just yeah, how we yeah. judge people. The, the, the immediacy of our judgment based on the photos people put out there. I mean, look, when you, you met someone at a bar in the 70s or 80s, you're also going to judge them on their looks for sure. But 
you're not comparing them to the ideal version that's con- yeah. that's permanently in your feed. So that would be yeah. a good podcast to do, body image, or well, maybe one that's body image yeah. for women and then body image for men. Maybe that'll be yeah. the next two. I think that'll be a good one. So That's a good idea. Yeah, uh, yeah in conclusion, um, just be aware of your envy and jealousy and, and understand that it almost it's likely that it may be stemming from more complicated issues and you've got to be very careful for it to not lead to resentment and just... Mm-hmm. Uh, be humble in those situations and, and try to acknowledge the traditional wisdom that every religion and every philosophy, all of them will say, you know, do not be envious, do not be jealous. Yeah. That's just such a common trope throughout any, uh, uh, you know, system of uh, honor and virtue. So I think it's yeah. good to yield to that and try and so emulate true. that and, and live that out. Um but uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you would like to send in a question, topic, or shout-out, neilkolhatka.com slash podcasts. Uh, come see myself and a few other brilliant comedians live, comedyuntamed.com. We currently have shows on sale in Sydney, Western Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Wollongong, and Perth, and Newcastle. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, we'll be taking a break soon. Don't know exactly when that will be. But uh, it could be next week. Who knows? So brace yourselves for that. And other than that, thank you for listening. See you next time. Thank you. See you next week, maybe.